Hello, and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Justin Meyer in the case of the worrisome Wilt. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbor Culture. Careful with those samples, Codet, I yelled. It's only paint, Dendro, Coda replied as he slapped different types of paint on the wall, floor, and himself to see which one would eventually cover the office interior. It's not as if it's an oak wilt sample, he finished under his breath. Oak wilt, Ceratocystis phagisarium, had been on our minds all summer. The demand for consultants was only now starting to slow as late August rolled around and much of the country's oaks, Quercus species, became less susceptible to the fungus. Over the last two months, I had nearly a dozen oak wilt queries each week as a result of the ominous reports of infections in the area. At first, I had always checked the trees myself, but lately I had begun sending Codet to inspect and collect samples, since he had developed an experienced eye. As I opened another email, the phone rang. Codet hurriedly answered the call, throwing aside the paintbrush in hopes of a more exciting activity, and slopping paint all over the receiver in the process. Detective Dendro's office, how may I help you? I could hear a woman's frantic voice on the line as Codet looked up at me and mouthed, Oak Wilt. I suddenly made myself busy polishing my 16x optical power hand lens, and when Codet announced that the worried woman on the other end of the line would speak only to me. Hello, Detective Dendro? She asked anxiously. Yes, ma'am. My assistant tells me that you may have an Oak Wilt problem. Oh no, she exclaimed. Do you really think so? I'll be thrown out, extradited, buried with my tree, sued. Well, as far as I know, Oakwilt isn't a federal offense, and they won't throw you out of the country for it. It's my neighborhood homeowners association. We have strict regulations, and there are harsh penalties. I live on Oak Ridge Road, and that's the way the association wants it to stay, full of oaks. Ma'am, we'll be right over. I assured her as Codet raised one eyebrow at the word wheel. I had heard of Oak Ridge Road and its abundance of large oaks surrounding the new homes. Ironically, Oak Wilt had not yet been found there, but that may have just changed. I only hoped that if Oak Wilt were present, we could prevent its spread. As we pulled up to the site, I realized that the woman had not been exaggerating about the strict zoning in the neighborhood. Wow! Codet exclaimed as he scanned the neighborhood, a trick I had taught him to gain background knowledge whenever entering a new job site. I see a tree preservation fence extending twice as far as the drip line of that tree, mulch around other trees, and it looks like they're getting ready to start construction over there by the way they're irrigating those oaks. Codet pointed as he got out of the truck. I immediately identified the suspect red oak, Quercus rubra, and we both headed for the front yard where it stood. Before we were halfway there, a striking young woman came running out of the house, calling my name, and surprised me with a big hug. Thank you so much for coming, she gushed and took a deep breath. I'm Ms. Ruberlina, and I just don't know how I can thank you enough. I thought it best to move on to the inspection, so I quickly inquired, Ma'am, is there anything you can tell us about your trees that may help us with the diagnosis? But Ms. Ruberlina became momentarily distracted as she noticed Codet's presence. She eyed the blotches of paint speckled all over his head and arms, 
that he had received back at the office, and asked rather sarcastically, "'Well, who is this, the tree-wound painter?' "'This is my assistant, Codit,' I swiftly replied before Codit could form a rebuttal. "'But please, ma'am, back to the tree.' "'Oh, oh yes, well, as I was saying, we built our house three years ago and took measures to preserve this tree. Then it just suddenly got sick this summer, and now it looks like... like this!' She finished in exasperation. "'Tell me, Dendro, don't beat around the bush. What is your diagnosis?' I turned to Codit for his thoughts. "'Hmm,' he began. "'From the road, I had it pegged as an open and closed case, oak wilt. "'The top-to-bottom wilting pattern and leaf loss is typical, "'but these leaves seem to be exhibiting more of an intervenal necrosis "'compared to the common oak-wilted leaf symptoms found on red oaks. "'Also, this tree is a lone ranger, "'leaving the most common means of oak-wilt transmission through the roots quite unlikely.' Dendro, I don't believe we have Oakwilt here, he concluded. Ms. Ruberlina had been holding her breath throughout Codet's entire explanation, and finally let out a sigh of relief. But then, what could it be? she asked. Oaks are susceptible to a variety of different problems, Coded stated, sounding impressively professional. I considered bacterial leaf scorch and anthracnose, both common diseases in oaks, but neither of those are the problem here either. Ms. Ruberlina's brow creased in confusion. What did you say? Anthracnose? Isn't that... Oh, excuse me for not explaining better, ma'am interjected Codet smoothly, which made me wonder if I really knew this kid. Anthracnose is a disease most commonly caused by the fungus Apiognomonia quercina in North America and Southern Europe. We normally see outbreaks of anthracnose after rainy periods in the spring, usually ending by midsummer. The most common symptoms in oaks are brown or black areas or blotches on the leaves, leaf distortion, and twig blight. Your red oak is not showing these symptoms, and we would be unlikely to find anthracnose in a red oak in the late summer as it is now. Codet continued. Bacterial leaf scorch, Xylella fastidiosa, also affects the leaves, starting with yellowing that moves inward from the leaf margins and then turns brown. It usually appears gradually in one branch or part of the tree crown, and it often develops on the oldest leaves first, moving outward toward the newer leaves. Since your red oak is showing a top-to-bottom wilting pattern and the leaf veins appear to be affected before the margins, the symptoms don't match. That's why I ruled out bacterial leaf scorch. How interesting. You are so knowledgeable, exclaimed Ms. Ruberlina. Coated blushed. With his back to the tree, he bent down and picked up a fallen oak leaf, sliding down the trunk and into a sitting position to better examine the pattern of leaf discoloration. "'I bet you don't sit under this tree much,' Codet remarked to Ms. Rubelina. "'This straight trunk is not a comfortable backrest.' At that, I turned to Ms. Rubelina and asked her for a cold glass of water. I also inquired if she had any pictures of the construction and asked Codet to get a shovel from the truck. 
When they both returned, I looked through her pictures carefully and down the glass of water. Unfortunately, ma'am, there is good news, bad news, and more bad news, I said. The good news is that your oak doesn't have a disease, it is not contagious, and you won't be thrown out of the neighborhood. The bad news is that your tree is suffering from construction damage. But, Detective, that is impossible. I made sure that this tree was not harmed during the construction process. There was never a scratch on it, she exclaimed. I'm sure you did, but it's not what's above ground that is ailing your tree. It's what is below. Below ground? she muttered. Looking at these pictures, I'm wondering if significant site preparation and excavation were needed for construction, I remarked. Well, yes, she admitted. But we filled everything back in, even around this tree. I saw to that. I took the shovel from Codet and said, And that is the second problem. The roots were damaged during excavation. To what extent, we don't know, but bad enough to cause damage. When roots, especially damaged roots, are covered, I hesitated as I raised the shovel, preparing to plunge it into the ground in search of the filled depth. With... My teeth chattered as the shovel hit what felt like bedrock. I paused to recover, and then asked, Ms. Rubelina, may I see those photos again? After thumbing through five or six more pictures, my worst suspicions were confirmed. Your soil is not only filled way too high for the tree, as you can see by the lack of a trunk flare at the base, but the soil is also extremely compacted. In the tree care industry, we call the absence of trunk flare telephone pulling. And it is a telltale sign of excess fill. And we call the heavy soil compaction more bad news, added Coded. Bad news for you, Coded, I said as I handed him the shovel. See if you can figure out the excess fill depth. After a half hour of digging, Codet finally hit roots, two feet, 0.6 meters, into the soil. Ms. Ruberlina, when workers were allowed to excavate, fill, and compact the soil around this tree and park vehicles on it as well, I explained, referring to the pictures, the tree's life may have been severely shortened, probably due to reduced oxygen and water availability. Oaks, along with many other tree species, are highly sensitive to changes in grade and soil compaction. These factors, combined with damaged roots, would interfere with the recovery process of most trees following construction. You see, Coded added, after the damaged roots were covered with fill, the symptoms of decline took a while to appear. Sometimes it can take a few years, which is why the symptoms are not always associated with construction damage. This red oak's top-to-bottom wilting pattern and leaf loss is called dieback, which is often a clue that root damage and poor soil conditions are the culprits. Small or yellow leaves, premature fall color, and water sprouts can also be symptoms of construction damage. Oh my, sighed Ms. Ruberlina. Attempts to save this tree may not be successful, and quite honestly, I'm afraid you're going to lose it, I finished sadly. I was afraid you were going to say that, she responded, calmer than she'd been all morning. What you can do, I advised, is inform your neighbors of your new knowledge. The International Society of Arboriculture is a great place to start learning more about tree care. The ISA slash Trees Are Good website 
www.treesaregood.org, can direct homeowners to local certified arborists who can help prepare a preservation plan that begins before construction starts, continues throughout the project, and provides post-construction follow-up care for affected trees. Thank you, Detective. And now, won't you two stay for lunch? She asked expectantly. I've made a lovely pot of French onion soup with onions straight from my own garden. French onion, you say? Well, we have plans this afternoon, but I suppose we could delay them for an hour, I said quickly. What plans do we have, Dendro? Coded asked excitedly as we followed Ms. Ruberlina toward her house. We don't have any coded, but yours are to paint the office. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD2364 to complete the quiz. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture.